Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Bridget Tunneycliffe. In the program this week, with the trans-Tasman netball season around the corner, one of the more intriguing aspects of the competition will be whether one of the country's most successful coaches can turn around the fortunes of one of the worst-performing teams. Stephen Hewson talks to Robin Broughton about her new challenge at the helm of the Wellington-based Pulse. We talk to Ironman legend Cameron Brown as he prepares to defend his New Zealand crown. Former All Black Tamati Allison discusses his decision to return to New Zealand to play rugby after a two-year stint in Japan. And Christchurch mountain biker Anton Cooper talks about his rise to the top and balancing his commitments while finishing school. Just which sides will be in contention for this year's Trans-Tasman netball title will become a little clearer with a pre-season tournament in Tauranga this week. While the Auckland-based Mystics and the Waikato Bay of Plenty Magic are again expected to be the leading New Zealand sides, there's plenty of interest in how the Wellington-based Pulse will perform under new coach Robin Broughton. Broughton, regarded as one of the country's finest netball brains, moved to Wellington after leaving the Southern Steel in controversial circumstances. Stephen Hewson spoke to her about the challenge of turning around a side that's won just five games in the past four years and how she was coping with the shift from Invercargill. A huge change from Invercargill, but um, I'm right in the middle of the city so I'm enjoying it and um, I miss home but, but you know this is an exciting challenge and so I'm just getting on with it. Well, you're not completely unfamiliar with Wellington. Right. You, you grew up in the hut. Yeah, I grew up in the hut, but I went away at 17 to um, Otago and um, married a Southlander, so I haven't really been back. And it is quite different to when I was a child here, I can say that. So I'm a bit, I find it a bit strange around the, around the streets and the one way and all the different names, but no. Now, coming into this job, what, what did you expect when you, you first turned up? Well, last year I, I really thought that they played with a lot of spirit. So I knew that there was there was heart there and we just needed to, you know, put a few more players in there and, and um, ignite things a bit. And, um, yeah, just, just attitude, um, positivity, learning to win and, and if you get a lead, how do you protect a lead? So there are those things that, that will take time and it won't happen overnight. How, as a coach, do you look to... to do those or introduce those things, how to win and, and how to hang on to a lead? Um, pro- probably a bit of pride and belief in yourself, um, that you are playing with, with players that are all good at doing what they're doing. They're, they've all mastered their art, so you know you don't have to be completely on your own out there. Um, and you've put a lot of hard work into it. We've all put a lot of hard work into it, so why give it away? Um, there is talent there. Everybody's got the talent to move on, and I'm sure there's untapped potential there as well. So that's that's why I'm looking at it, and um, certainly the hard work ethics there. And I've got good management around me that that um, feel the same way. Was it much of a wrench to, to come to Wellington? Obviously, your departure from down south wasn't <coughs> what you might have hoped. 
I will say that I miss my players that I had had for a long time and, and certainly the structure, you know, our stadium south and where we trained that, that I spent so much of my life. I certainly haven't left my school team behind. I've got one of my ex-players taking it for me while, while I'm up here. So my school netball will continue as usual. Um, I certainly um, am not missing the administration or the management um, side of things. I think that... Philosophically, we had different um, ways and it was better to move on. You obviously want to coach, though. There's a, a, a drive there. Yeah, there is. I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know. You just uh, must be something that's in, in you. Um, other coaches I've heard say the same, that you do. And you've spent most of your life, and I've got good background in netball, um, and probably right from my phys ed school days at Otago University, you're getting an interest in school development and school learning and seeing the potential in people and people develop and and I don't know what it is. So it's it's still there. I'm still really keen to do it. And people say, you know, like I always ask, you know when you can't be bothered anymore. I, had, I don't have that feeling yet. You've got a teaching background too, haven't you? Yes. So that presumably Hugely. pays a part? Oh, I'm sure it does. Like um, I know a lot of people say, mm, school teachers, but um, structural structural ways you do things, um, habit routines, um, breaking things down and working through the stages. That's all part of my professional background in a classroom. So, you know, from from that, my real true love is is coaching sports teams. So, and um, particularly my netball teams, and I've had a great deal of enjoyment out of it. So. Why not do it? How many years have you been coaching all, all up? Oh, well, actually, I probably was coaching when I was at school here at Hutt Valley High School. I remember distinctly taking young kids and lower teams and um, getting on a train going up to the tighter courts. And So it was a long, you know, it's been a long time. Now, the Pulse have recruited a few few players. That's given them some, some depth. Mm. What, what are you hoping for from, from them? Pulse have got a good team from last year. They they recruited well anyway, like Caitlin Thwaites from the Vixens in Australia you know, an Australian team. She she's a real asset. Um she plays with a lot of spirit. She's big, tall, strong, good netballer. Um Paula Griffin's come back which which is good, like for her netball. She she prefers to be up here. Um Jolene Henry is a huge um help um because of her experience and just vitality and um, knowledge of netball. So Katrina Grant, the captain from last year, is again captain this year. So it's not completely changed. To Huinga, Raya Selby Rickett has come back. And um, so the three defensive players that, that will be with the Pulse are big, tall, strong, good defensive players. So that's a good base to start with. And um, our mid-court, Millie Lees, is back from last year. She's just back from her overseas work um, for a medical degree. And... Um, so she'll have her first outing this this um, this weekend in Tauranga. Now the competition this week is it a chance to try a few things out or, or simply to develop winning combinations? No, you should really be trying, but unfortunately, coaches and players like winning too. So so sometimes you're not doing what you start off with all the good intentions of everyone. Oh, you know, flick them on and off on and off, but ooh, you know, protect a lead. Maybe you will leave them on. You you get like that, and if I'm being honest, I wouldn't be the only coach that does it. There's been much made about the the fact the sides only won five games. Yeah. What goals have you set for the for the team? 
we're just going to have after this tournament we're actually going to sit down you know like as a team and put together something really firm I mean at the moment I'm thinking far more than five um, and, and surely they will well that's five in how many years isn't it four, four yeah. years yeah. And, and, and that I've heard it too often since I've been up here from various people um, and so certainly the goals will be set that we change that attitude have you had to change things much coming in? What what things have you noticed that maybe the pulse wasn't up to? Um, oh, just tidying up routine stuff that has to surround a, a professional team. That whether whatever sport it is, there are things that need to be in place for the team to run, you know, well oiled and professionally. So there were a few things, and and certainly everyone's gone out of their way to tidy up. Um, those aspects and I think that's been really good. Does it surprise you that the Pulse haven't been able to succeed or enjoy some success given I suppose the the netball talent that does exist throughout the, the Pulse region? I probably do um, but I don't know enough about the culture here in Wellington to know. Um, I do know they get plenty of support that um, you know from a spectator point of view that having been an opposing coach against the Shakers and then an opposing coach against the um, Pulse that I've never ever come here with a team that hasn't been well supported from a spectator point of view so what happened or why some of the players weren't here or weren't used here I don't know no going into the the championship this time around the usual suspects is it going to be to that are maybe the ones to beat I mean locally the the Magic and the, and the Mystics? Probably the Mystics. Um, they got on a winning roll last year and, and that will certainly help them. And they've got good players there still and um, they'll be wanting to get that one step up. But they're going to have to fight for it with Magic and um, us. You know, I would I would hope that we compete with, with those two teams. Um, and then there's the Pulse and the Steel that, you know, they've all got good players dotted amongst them and, and you know, it'll be interesting to see what where we do come out but but I'd have to say again um, that the Australian teams do have more depth than us and uh, they simply just flick more players in and one of the girls told me last night that Barago who plays for Thunderbirds has now got Australian citizenship so they've bought their new new shooter in who is bigger and taller and stronger than Romelda so you know that, that's just part of being in Australian netball. And what about the Australian teams? Are things going to change much there, do you think? It's going to be... Yeah, they have had changes. I've, I've read their names and, and what have you, and um, there have been switches all round. And that, that in itself is, in women's sport, wasn't happening originally, but it is now that the professional players do go to where they think is best for them at the time. And so, you know, like the Catherine Cox is now over at um, Fever in Western Australia. And so they've got Norma Plummer. Because it's best for her. Mm. And so, you know, whether you come from areas now and the parochialism and things isn't always going to be apparent. Do you still hold any aspirations of being Silver Ferns coach? No, 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 no. Definitely do not. I, um, I'm really enjoying being here and having Y here because, like, I've never been close to having a, you know, that close. I, I worked with Yvonne Willering as an assistant coach. Then that was probably my chance, but... Probably I just wasn't quite ready for it. I didn't, I didn't apply. I didn't even know much about it, to be quite honest. I felt then I was way down the bottom of Southland and wasn't quite sure, you know, if I was good enough. But having now worked up amongst them all up north, that yeah, I'm much more confident. 
I don't want to be um, in an assistant role or anything like that either. So suddenly you are past those sort of areas. Robin Broughton speaking to Stephen Hewson. You're listening to Extra Time, a web-only programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Bridget Tunnicliffe. There's a fresh spark of life in 39-year-old legend Cameron Brown as he prepares to defend his New Zealand Ironman crown in Topol this week. Last year, Brown set a world best by becoming the first athlete in history to win the same Ironman event 10 times. Barry Guy asked Brown how long he's been preparing for the big race. Oh, probably uh, since summer started, really. Um, you know, it's sort of a three, four-month uh, project, really, to try and train and prepare for this race. You have other races along the way, but um, this has been the uh, the goal for the last sort of um, yeah, three or four months. So it's um, been pretty intensive, and yeah, looking forward to you know finally uh, racing on, on Saturday. Now, what you've won the last ten, is it? Uh, yes, yeah, yep. Yeah. So it's um, yeah, been pretty. Uh, Pretty amazing um, last 10 years, so, um, you know, if I could go one better, it would be, uh, be fantastic. What's the sort of attitude as you go in? Do you, do you sort of think, well, uh, another one would be great, or, you know, I suppose, I'm, I'm assuming you never expect them. No, no, you, you know, you keep keep trying as long as you can, and uh, if I can win the 11th one, that would be uh, fantastic, but it's going to be uh, very tough, you know, there's a fantastic field. You know, assembled this year, and Marino uh, van der Necker from Belgium is going to be a very t- tough opposition. So you must just about know every wave, every little uh, bump in the road, just about, do you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, gotten used to the course over the years, but there's uh, a course change this year in the run that's um, gone from a two-lap run course to a three-lap run course, so a little bit different there. But yeah, I've done um, done the course and training and. You know, uh, know all the ins, ins and outs of it, so looking forward to trying the new run course. That should be um, hopefully more spectator friendly. Now, you, you obviously don't have any surprises then because you've done it so so often. But I mean, is it just? I know things can just happen on the day where perhaps you don't just you don't feel quite right and and, and those sorts of things. That's that's perhaps the only hiccup that you could face. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, you just um, you know wrap yourself up in cotton wool for the next few days, and hopefully, uh, come race day, yeah. Uh, you know, you're ready to rock and roll, and um, you know, give it um, your utmost for you know, sort of eight, eight and a half hours. So it, um, but you know, it comes down to the weather, whether um, it's you know a, a fast day or a, you know or a mediocre day with how you go out there, because the weather just plays a massive part. When athletes, you know, they're out there the whole day, so um, you know, quite a bit of wind can slow you down for um, for a long time. Can I just ask a couple personal questions about? I mean, your the food. What, you know, what, what's it like? Sort of the your, the days leading up to it, and then on the day, what's your intake? Uh, yeah, you do. I mean, you try and carb load, and try and um, you don't try and eat too much, but um, you know, you don't want to put gain weight during that last week. But race day is. Um, I mean, yeah, for, the, the fourth discipline for a triathlon is you know, if you don't eat well, then you're not going to get to that finish line. So. I'll be consuming as much of, um, you know, I'm sponsored by Balance, so I'll be using uh, as much of their products, their, their electrolyte drinks and their gels. That's sort of the equivalent of sort of 12 gels on the bike, which is probably eating like, you know, sort of 12 bananas, you know, sort of a, a protein bar as well and uh, a couple of bananas. And and then on the run, it's, um, you know, more electrolyte drink and, and Coke and water and um, a few more gels. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You burn through quite a few calories, so it's uh, quite amazing how much, um, you know, how much athletes burn out there throughout the whole day. 
So you have a schedule of your sort of intake rather than just going, oh, now's a good time to have a bit of this or whatever? Oh, yeah, you've got, to, you've got to go, you know, know when to have it. And, um, you know, if you, you don't have any um, um, food, you know, coming in for half an hour, you might forget and, you know, then you could pay for it, you know, another few kilometres down the road. So you'd be always eating sort of every 15, 20 minutes, you know, having a drink, having having a gel, having um, putting something in the body, you know, because um, you're not just um, athletes aren't just going, going out there and, at an easy pace there it's a full on race so you've um, got to be looking after your body the whole time So yes it is a race so are you constantly watching your um, competitors rivals or are you just trying to keep to your rate or you know momentum that you want to achieve? Yeah I think everyone has their strengths and weaknesses so you've got to be wary of who's going to be um, you know first out of the water or who's going to be taken off up the road on the bike ride if they're a strong you know, super rider, um, but you know you've got to be, you've got to know their strengths and, and not let them get either too far away. Or um, my strength has always been my run, so um, you know, I'll, I'll hopefully um, if someone's up the road on the bike, then hopefully I can peg them back on the run. But um, again, it's yeah, you're always watching what people are doing and, and how far they are in front or behind. So, what what gets you to? success nowadays I mean how much is that experience um, you know knowing that you've done it before and can compete near the end when it's you know the crunch time happens you know what 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 do you think is is the reason for your success you mentioned running but generally um, oh I think just a um, a love of the sport you know you've got to be passionate about it it's, it's an extremely hard and tough um, you know sport that we do so uh, you know, you just think of the distances that we do. It's mind-boggling. 3.8k swim and a 180k bike ride and a 42k run. It's, uh, um, you know, physically you've got to be strong, but mentally you've got to be be very, very tough as well. And um, you know, that's why so many people sort of challenge themselves every year to do it because it's sort of a life-changing experience and you know, one to cross off your bucket list, I suppose. And it's uh, quite an amazing feeling when you cross that finish line and, and uh, finish an Ironman. It obviously is something special because. You know, uh, football players play every week, you know, and they get that satisfaction of um, competing each week. You, I imagine you only do, what, a couple of, a year. You're spending all your time training, more or less. I mean, that must be, you know, a huge hurdle to overcome that all you're really doing is just training. Yeah, yeah, it is hard. So you've got to be very, very mentally strong there. I mean, it's, uh, um, it's not like short course triathlons where you can, you know, race every week and... and um be out there and um, recovering a few days later it takes months of preparation and uh, yeah you only do sort of uh, three a year um, some people do a few more but if you're trying to race them and, and trying to win them then yeah sort of three is enough and uh, yeah, it's, it's extremely challenging that's for sure and you're feeling confident yeah yeah I've had a fantastic build up and um, no just looking forward to getting out there and now and and uh, racing and then you know hopefully um, racing well that was Barry Guy speaking to Ironman Cameron Brown. You're listening to Extra Time, a web-only programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Bridget Tunnicliffe. The former All Black Tamati Allison says he enjoyed his time in Japan but knew he didn't want to end his playing days there. The day after a long-haul flight from Japan, Allison joined the Highlanders for one training session before their first-round Super Rugby win over the Chiefs. Our Waikato regional reporter Andrew McRae asked Allison how rugby is different in Japan. I think the speed of the game is a lot quicker, a lot more more hectic, kind of uh, less contact, but 
kind of you're just just a lot faster. So did you learn some things there that you'll bring back? I think so. I don't know rugby specifically, but um, probably learned a lot more about myself. That that'll keep me uh, a little bit more relaxed over here. And also the culture shock. I think so. I think um, when you're here and you kind of grow up in the game, and if you're lucky enough to play age group for New Zealand, you can kind of be in not so much the spotlight, but you have a lot of pressure around you. Kind of family and friends, obviously, always wanting you to do well. And up there, there's none of that. So it's just it's just playing rugby and really enjoying it. And um, yeah, that's the feeling I've got now that I'm back home. Hard to play without the language? Uh, it is. You've got to learn it uh, pretty quick. Again, if you kind of understand the game of rugby a wee bit, that helps. And if you get a few guys a few ideas, it, it normally helps as well. But time to come back to New Zealand for rugby now. It is, yep. I brought my, my two kids back and uh, we settled down here for, for a bit and uh, now we're really enjoying it so far. You knew it was time to come back? I think so. I think I still had a, a, you know, a burning desire to... Um, you know, to play some good rugby. I don't think I could have stayed there much longer thinking that would be the end of my playing days. So um, I'm still t I'm 28 now and, and keen to have another go back in New Zealand. Quick trip back from Japan straight into the match last week. How was that? Uh, it was tough actually. I, I tried not to think about it too much but kind of I flew for about 16 hours all up and arrived here Thursday night about bus nine and trained at eight o'clock the next morning which was my only training. So it was, it was tougher than I thought but uh, we managed to get through the game and lucky enough we, we got a win. Were you nervous? Uh, not so much nervous. I was just, um, I think I was trying to trying to uh, download all the information in a day, all, all the bits I needed to know anyway. So that was that was kind of taking care of most of my nerves. This year then, what do you think of the coach, Jamie Joseph? Yeah, I think he's a great coach. Um, obviously, had him up in Wellington for a few years, and he seems to have, um, you know, seems to be using his his other leaders well, and um, he's got a good crew around him with um, with Nibs and Kieran Kane. So. Uh, It'd be, uh, be a good year. Mm. Highland is a bit of a change for you, but how does it feel? Oh, it feels good. You know, like like you said, there's only my second training today, so I'm still getting used to the boys' names more than anything. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I've got my brother here. He's been here for, for a little while, so uh, he's helping uh, me settle in. The big Crusaders match. How are you feeling about this one? No, we're feeling good. We're, we're still a wee bit messy. We've got another run in a couple of days, so we'll just make sure we put a bit of polish as much as we can on that and then... Uh, you know, it's a first home game, so the boys will be wanting to, to put out a big one, especially with all that's going on at the moment down here in terms of rugby. Yeah, you're sort of watching that from the sidelines, but it's unsettling, I guess. The roller coaster for everyone in Otago rugby watching. I think so, yeah, tough for for obviously the, the faithful down here. And I just hope everyone can get them behind each other and, and, and put rugby first, really. And I think it'll be all right. New stadium, have you played here before? I haven't. No. This is my second time in here, so I'm uh, no, really enjoying it. looks good. Different kind of experience, though. What were you playing in Japan? Um, we played in, in the middle of Tokyo in uh, Chichibunomiya, which is quite a nice ground. It's a bit beaten up at the moment, but um, no, this will be good. We, we didn't have a roof on it back over there. Of course, you missed the World Cup, too. That must have been a bit strange. Yeah, it was good. It was good, actually, watching um, from up in Japan and obviously seeing the boys do so well. I saw Wayne Smith last week and um, you know, see congratulations. He's still got a bit of a glow on, so... It was awesome. And what are you expecting this week? Maybe we're expecting the Crusaders to come out um, as they always do. You know, they they set the standard in terms of accuracy and and understanding of their game plan. So um, you know, we'll, we'll expect the same again this week. That was Andrew McRae speaking to Tamati Ellison, who signed to the Highlanders for two years. The 17-year-old Christchurch mountain biker Anton Cooper has another busy year ahead of him. 
While the world junior silver medalist has a number of biking commitments this season, he also has to finish high school. Cooper is now part of an international professional team and will defend his Karapoti Classic title in Wellington this week. Barry Guy asked him about last year and his rise to the top. Yeah, well, um, it's been a pretty hectic year for sure with overseas trips and uh, off to Europe and stuff. So um, it's definitely managed to pack a lot in there. Um, back at school again this year so uh, that's kind of the big target as well I want to knock that one off and also with world champs coming up again How do you fit in? Because haven't you signed for like a professional team in Europe uh, as well? Yeah I have actually um, track world racing so um, it'll be good to have I mean the support overseas this year it's something I haven't never had before that level of support anyway so um, I definitely look forward to that, and it's a whole new approach and definitely a big step for me to be making, especially at um, my age. So it's good, and I'm really looking forward to it, yeah. So how do you fit it in? Are you, you're finishing off high school on that as well, are you? Yeah, well, I've got, it's my final year this year um, at Crosshurst Boys High School, um, and they've been really good. They helped me out a lot um, and really uh, good with that. Kind of allowed me time of school and time to train, um, so that's good, but I've got to also finish my level three as well, and uh, get university entrance because um, I mean, if you end up getting a kind of career-ending injury, that say I do need to fall back on something. So uh, that's why I've decided to pursue it and, finish, and knock it on the head. You've done so well in you know mountain biking, which is an endurance event, which you know you normally relate that to years of experience you know and you're only like you 17 yet are you what's got you to to this you know uh, you know the the legs and the lungs and everything do you think at such a young age um i'm starting doing it since i was young so uh you when you're young you kind of ride all the tracks and challenge yourself and i used to build tracks out the back of my property there um and we just kind of work on your technical skills and the natural um physical growth and stuff as you grow older and mature a bit that's where your endurance and your speed comes from and all your power so um, I think as a young child it's, it's quite important to work on the skills and the other finesse of the sport which um, mountain biking is quite important for that and then the power will come just develop natural. Now didn't you also break an arm or, or something last year as well? Um, I think about 12 or 13 weeks before the world champs I, I broke my right collarbone so there was a bit of a setback, but um, it actually didn't prove to be too bad. And sometimes time off the off the bikes, like a blessing in disguise, so you come off really, really fresh and determined to to race and perform. And you won the silver medal, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I was kind of disappointed with that because, um, of course, I was wanting to win it after the other two World Cup rounds. But um, uh, but a hunger in the belly for next next year. This year, Olympics is that part of your uh, plan? Um, I'm eight months too young to race, so I um, haven't been allowed a dispensation, but uh, that's the way it goes. And I'll, uh, I won't complain about that because we've already had a nudge, but uh, that's all right. Um, I guess I'll just have to you know, focus, focus on the World Champs this year and, and make things easy because it's just, um, right, so I mean, I can focus on one event rather than the two, which we're quite close together, which would make things hard. But um, definitely uh, Rio would be a, a target of mine. So was there a point after Karapoti or winning the silver medal at the World Champs that you thought, gee, it would be great to go to the Olympics in London? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's 
childhood dream. I'd love to love to go. And thing is, um, I might not get another chance. You never know what can happen in four years. It is quite a long time. So to have it, someone say uh, no, you can't go. Is I guess it's disappointing, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll still have those four years, and I'll, I'll, I'm pretty confident that I can um, have a good nudge at it for sure. And defending the Karapodi, um, you know, that's is that that's obviously a big one too. Um, yeah, so yeah, that, that is uh, big enough. But like again, it's um, now that we race in the World Cups. Uh, the stage, it's just one of those training events and you use it as training, you train through it and you won't taper for it or anything so um, it's not such a big deal, yeah uh, uh, so I'd love to win it again for sure. A win would be sort of a bonus type thing. Yeah, that's right <laughs> any, any win's a good win <laughs> so, so it's been talked about though, I mean you became like the youngest winner ever as a 16 year old last year but but now it's, the talk is whether you can break the record, you know, go under 2 hours 20 minutes for it yeah, I think the record's two hours fourteen or something like that. Um, oh, I'd love to get the record at some stage, and whether I'm here actually here for the Carapodi in years to come, I'm not sure because um, this this year I actually the night of Carapodi that evening I end up I fly to Auckland to leave at six thirty the next morning to South Africa. So um, it's just by chance that I'm here and not leaving a day earlier. I was quite lucky I'm here for it. So I thought I might as well go. Up. To see my title. Mm. So, so you but, uh, yeah. you head off to Europe, do you? Sort of, sort of straight away and get ready for what the season over there, or, or what, what happens? What uh, is the schedule? I go to the South Africa the day after Carapodis. Um, that's for team training camp and also opening World Cup round. So um, that should be good. I'm really looking forward to it and getting to know all the teammates and stuff like that. And, um, I'll come back home. After that, I'll be there for about three weeks before I head off again for another World Cup round and then World Champs later in the year in September. So it's kind of forth and back and um, making the most of school as well, trying to fit that one. It'll be a big year. Do you, have you sort of thought about how many miles you're going to be clocking up this year or number of trips away? Um, yep, yeah, it should be uh, plenty of weeks away, maybe 10, 11 weeks overseas anyway. Wow. And uh, is you doing correspondence, or, I mean, you just sort of fit in what you can? I'll fit in what I can, and the teachers are good, good here, and they provide me the work, so I have to knuckle down and do it while I'm overseas and do a bit of tutoring in between when I'm here and when I get back. So are you excited about 2012, then? Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a great year, I think. A good stepping stone into uh, the years to come. That's mountain biker Anton Cooper speaking to Barry Guy. That's the show for this week. Remember you can contact us at sport at radionz.co.nz and you can get the latest sports news anytime on our website. We'll be back next week with another edition of Extra Time. Bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.